0: Hi, this is Tony Mormino with Insight Partners and welcome to the Engineers HVAC podcast where we work to give back to the engineering community by sharing our HVAC application and design experience. So the following episode is a live recording of our online event called How to Read a Psychometric Chart. You can see the video version on our YouTube channel, Insight Partners HVAC TV. I hope that you enjoy. How to read the psychometric chart again this is a very basic introductory course we're going to break this down I know the chart can look a little intimidating um, at the beginning but we're going to break this down in its individual components so the word that comes to most people's mind when I say we're going to do psychometrics is this boring okay so in the words of uh, Homer Simpson um you know Chris I think we're breaking new ground. I don't think Homer's ever been in a psychrometric presentation before. This could be an absolute first in the industry. So boring. And why do I need to know this? I don't understand. I can just tell you from my personal experience, um, having a grounded, uh, you know, having the fundamental knowledge of psychrometrics in the HVAC industry has been extremely, extremely helpful for me. It's a very valuable tool for getting the jobs right the first time, selecting the equipment, sizing them, et cetera. And it's, a very valuable tool. If there's a problem that arises and you can't figure out, um, psychrometrics could help you help you in that way as well. Whether you're in sales, uh, service, an engineer, or contractor, um, it's a very, very valuable tool. So hopefully you will get something out of this. So a little bit of history. Um, Willis Carrier, maybe you've heard of him, um, started a little company called Carrier. And in 1911, he, he is credited for um, coming up with a psychrometric chart. And psychrometry, Uh, just so you know, is the science of air properties and processes of heating, cooling, dehumidification. Humidification is also the cornerstone to the science of HVAC engineering. So extremely important in the business that we are in. So a little bit of history. The word breaks down as I believe it's sucron, meaning cold, metron, means of measurement. So psychrometry, psychrometrics comes from those two Greek words, which I think is pretty interesting. Psychometrics is not confined to the world of air conditioning. It is used in the fields of agricultural and aeronautical engineering, food engineering, drying of crops, grains, and pharmaceuticals, dehydration, meteorology, and weather reporting. So used in various um, applications and disciplines around the world. So here's the agenda for today. I've got five short sections, and then I've asked Chris to do a quick couple slides on a very um, appropriate application to what we're going to learn today. So the first thing we're going to talk about, and the ba- basically you can't get the psych chart unless you understand the properties of air. So we're going to quickly go through the difference between dry bulb, wet bulb, dew point, relative humidity and humidity, which are two different things. Okay. First, we're going to start with dry bulb temperature. Very simple. If you have a thermometer or a, something on your porch that reads the temperature, that is the dry bulb temperature. In this dry bulb Uh, In this thermometer here, it looks like it's about 103 degrees, very hot. So if it's 75 degrees in your office, that's typically referring to the dry bulb temperature. Pretty simple. Everybody understands that one, I'm sure. So the best way to describe wet bulb, I think, is to look at this tool called a sling psychrometer. And if you've been around a while, you've seen one of these. And basically what you do is you grab this wood handle and you swing this thing around above your head as not to smack yourself in the face with it, and it reads a couple different things. So this is a dry bulb thermometer, which is just a regular thermometer reading the temperature of the air. You have another thermometer on here, which has a wet sock or a wet wick at the end of the thermometer. So what happens when you're reading the wet bulb temperature, it takes in effect the evaporation and cooling effect of the air. So if the air is dry, the water from this wick will evaporate, thus cooling this thermometer. So it will be cooler than the dry bulb. So if the dry bulb is 70, this might be 65, something like that. So so that's how wet bulb works. I think this is a good way to show um, the difference between the two. So what happens is the drier the air, the more evaporation from the wick, the greater the cooling, and the lower the wet bulb temperature. So it'll always be lower than the dry bulb. Okay, the next air property we're going to talk about is dew point. So dew point measures when the moisture will drop out of suspension. So if you look at this picture here, you have a cold bottle of water, maybe it's 40 degrees out of the fridge, you walk out of the porch. If the dew point of the air outside is greater than 40, then you will get condensation. So you'll get um, what you see here. So where is this applicable in our business? Well, Let's say you have a cooling coil that's 45 degrees. If the air blowing over the cooling coil has a dew point greater than 45 degrees, then you will, you will condense water out of the air, which is a good thing if you're trying to dehumidify the space. So dew point is very important. Okay, relative humidity. This is a good one. So RH is the percent of moisture in the air versus how much it could actually hold. It is relative to the temperature. So let's demonstrate this by putting up a few containers here. We have our first container, of air, let's say the dry bulb is 55 degrees. Let's say we heat that dry bulb up to 75 degrees, we would expect that the container would expand. And let's heat it up again to 95 degrees. So we have three different volumes of air here at different dry bulb temperatures. So what does 50% RH look like? Well, if you filled these containers halfway with water, that is what 50% RH would look like, Okay. One thing to note is, Although they all have the same percent RH, they are vastly different in quantities of water. And We're going to talk about that a little bit later when we compare this to dew point and which one works better for controlling humidity, uh, monitoring for controlling humidity in the space. So more on that to follow. So humidity, which is different than relative humidity, is the actual amount of moisture in the air measured in grains. Um, it's grains per pounds of air, but we're just going to call it grains. So if you took a pound of air and wrung it out, all the water that came out, if you put it in a bucket and weighed it, that would be the grains of moisture in there. So it's the physical amount of water in the air, it is not relative. Chris and I were putting this together and we were, you know, we've been doing this a while, we're like, what the heck is a grain anyway? Where did that come from? So just a little bit of a, a factoid here for you. So one of the earliest units of common measure in the smallets, it is a uniform unit in the Troy system. So I don't know a lot about the Troy system except that it's old, it's been around a while. Um, The ancient grain was defined as the weight of a designated number of dry wheat kernels taken from the middle of the ear. It was also used as an original basis for the medieval inch, which was defined for instructional purposes as the length of three medium-sized grains. That has nothing to do with this presentation. I thought that was pretty neat. So thank you, Britannica.com, for this information. For your knowledge, to wrap your brains around it, 100 grains is about equal to 0.23 ounces, which is about the weight of a quarter and 100 grains is pretty close to a typical design day in most areas. So that, that's what we're dealing with usually is a 0.23 ounces per pound of dry air. OK, the next is enthalpy. So I'm going to spend the next 45 minutes going through all of these equations. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. So I was googling enthalpy, and I was looking for a picture that would show what enthalpy was. I certainly am not going to go through um, all of this here. But for the purposes of this prezo, um, let's say enthalpy is the total energy in one pound of air in BTUs. So it includes the set, what we call sensible heat and latent heat, and that is more discussed in part two of this presentation, which you will get an invitation to after this part one basic introduction. So just think of it for now as the total energy of the air. OK, so now that we have a better understanding of the properties of air, let's go ahead and build the chart. So when you look at this chart, First off, if you're not familiar with it, it could be very intimidating. There's a lot of data here. There's a lot of lines. There's a lot of detail. It's very confusing. But we're going to break it down and build one line at a time with the five most common um, properties of error, which we just reviewed. So some of the stuff we won't look at for this presentation. So what we did is we actually took this and we kind of digitized it into a very simple version for purposes of this presentation, okay? So this would be the outline of the psychometric chart. So if you're going to build a chart, you need data. And we refer to this as the X or horizontal axis, and this is the Y or, or vertical axis. And you need you know, two points, and you plot them, and you draw some lines, and there you go. You start building a chart. So dry bulb is the easiest of the two. Um, in our chart at Insight Partners, it ranges from minus 10 to 130. All charts are a little bit different in increments of one degree. So we can go ahead and plot that on the X or horizontal axis. They are uniform, and they are almost Straight, vertical, up and down. We'll talk about that more in a minute. And I'm just drawing in a few at a larger scale here so we get the sense of the motion. So um, 110 degrees along this line, anything along this line would be 110 degrees dry bulb, 90 degree dry bulb up and down this line, etc. so on and so forth. For a wet bulb, let's say you, say you took your sling psychrometer outside and you put a little water on it and you swung it around and you maybe you read this data point here of 52 dry and and 50 wet, and then you read another data point of uh, 70 wet bulb and maybe 90 dry bulb. So you start putting these points on here, and then maybe you start um, looking at some kind of a you know uh, a sequence here, and you start drawing some lines. And you'll notice the wet bulb lines go like this. So This is basically how the chart's built with all the all the data points. So the wet bulb lines run along, you know, the numbers run along what we call the saturation line here. Um, 80 degrees, anything on this line would be 80 degrees, et cetera. Anything down here would be 70. So that's how the wet bulb lines go on the chart. Next, we're going to add the dew point lines in the same fashion. Let's say we took some data, we threw it on here. Um, Anything along these horizontal lines uh, would be the dew point. You will notice they are not uniform. They are very close down here and spread out up here. Um, That's how the dew point lines go on the chart. Next, we're going to add the relative humidity lines, which are basically slopes, um, 20%, 30%, 50% shown here, all the way up to 100% in this direction here. So that's how the RH lines go on the chart. Next, we're going to look at grains, which run in the same manner as the dew point. They're just at a different value, different scale. Um, They are uniform. Up from down from zero up to approximately 200 on the chart, and they run horizontally like this. So, anything along this line would be 20 grains, 60 grains, 100 grains, etc. So, you can see the charts kind of starting to come together. Enthalpy, which is the total energy in the air, these lines run across like this. Okay, so anything along this line would be 20, enthalpy of 20 BTUs, etc. Now, Let's go ahead and put all these together. We'll overlay them, and you can see how the chart kind of starts to take form. So dry bulb temperature, vertical lines, mostly. Wet bulb temperature has a slant. Dew point temperature is horizontal. We'll go ahead and add the RH lines, and now you can see the chart trying to take, starting to take shape. We'll go ahead and add the grains, put it as a different color so we can see it. Gets pretty busy pretty quick. Then the enthalpy. Um, right here. So we start to see the chart come together. And let's go um, back to the chart. And um, we're going to go ahead and see. Now, you can see how all this stuff comes together to form this. Obviously, this is in tighter increments than what we were just showing. Uh, Let's see here. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to add some stuff here. I'm going to make this screen a little bigger. Hopefully, you can see that pretty well. Um, on your screen, so we're going to go ahead and plot a few different things. So let's go ahead and look at ninety-five degrees, seventy-degree dry bulb. So if we go down here, this is our dry bulb here, and we pick ninety-five degrees, we pick seventy degrees, and we follow these lines. Now I, I, I did this illustration to point out something. This you'll notice I drew a straight line here, which doesn't line up with the dry bulb line. The dry bulb lines are actually not perfectly straight up and down. So not very important, but something to note um, for the future. So if I was to draw this on the chart, I would draw it a little bit more slanted. I just wanted to illustrate that. So how does it look if we wanted to draw 70-degree wet bulb? So here's 70-degree wet bulb. We draw this line here. So this is a wet bulb line here. Anything along this line would be 70 degrees. If we did it for 55-degree wet bulb, anything along this line would be 55 degrees. In the dew point of 60, um, for example purposes, would be right here. And I'm just kind of drawing some stuff in to show you how the chart's built. We'll highlight that a little bit here so you can see that. Gives you kind of an idea of how the lines actually lay on the chart. If we looked at the relative humidity lines, you know what? I'm going to back up and zoom in here. These are the relative humidity curves. They go from 0 up to 100%. The smaller ones are to the right here. You can't quite see them. There right here. We rarely get down to that point. But if we were to draw some relative humidity lines here, you would see something like this. So 50%. So anything along this line is 50% Rh. Anything along this line is 20% Rh. And so forth. So that's how the humidity lines go on the chart. So enthalpy, so if you'll notice on this chart, we have a little these, these lines here that run outside of the chart, these are enthalpy um, lines. What we do is we line up the numbers. Let's say we lined up 20 with a straight edge and we drew it straight through. That would represent the enthalpy line of 20 BTUs. If we did it for 40, that would be the the line we would draw for 40 there. So it gives you an idea of enthalpy. Okay, so I'm going to go back and trick the screen here. And next, we're going to look at Um, let's see here. So, okay. So next we're going to look at, we looked at properties of air. We looked at building the chart. Now let's go ahead and move around the chart. We're going to show you kind of when you move in what direction, what happens. And we're going to look at these psychrometric processes of cooling, heating, humidification, and dehumidification. And of course the combination of a couple of, of those. So if you go to the chart and don't worry about being able to see the actual numbers and everything here in detail. What we're trying to do is get a general flow for what happens when you move in a specific direction in the chart. The first thing we're going to look at is cooling and heating. So for that, we're going to look at dry bulb temperature. And I've just drawn the lines here and highlighted a couple temperatures. So you could see 20 degrees down here is relatively cold. 120 is hot. And if we move from right to left on the chart, that would be the process of cooling. So We went from, let's say, 118 degrees down to about 60 degrees. So that's a cooling process on the chart. So anything moving in this direction, we're cooling. And conversely, anything moving from left to right is heating. So we moved from about 72 over to 125. That would be a heating process. Humidification, adding humidity. Dehumidification, removing humidity. We'll look at dew point for that, which is a great indicator of the humidity levels. So I've drawn in some lines here. This would represent 40 dew point, which is relatively dry, and 85, which is pretty saturated um, high dew point air. If we go up on the chart from bottom to top, we are adding humidity, increasing in humidity if we're moving in that direction. And conversely, if we're moving down the chart, we are removing humidity uh, in this way. And you could see we're probably going from about I don't know, 73 dew point down to uh, 15 here, so obviously that would be a dehumidification process. All together, just as a summary: cooling, heating, humidification, dehumidification. And I would like to point out that rarely are we moving in a straight up and down or left to a right to left um, situation. The only straight line we could really do on the psych chart is the heating line, and we'll look at a combination of a couple of these here in a second. All right, so, what does cooling and dehumidification look like? So we talked about cooling, talked about dehum, dehumidification. So this would moving in this general direction would represent we're removing heat and removing moisture from the air. So very common, you know, direction on the psychometric chart for a air conditioning application. We're moving somewhere in this general area down to somewhere in this general area where we're cooling and dehumidifying should everything be working correctly. So heating, and humidification. We talked about heating, moving from left to right. Adding humidity is going up, and the combination of the two is heating, and humidification is in this general direction. Okay. So I hope that gives you a general feel for the uh, directions on the psych chart. You know, it's very helpful. Um, you know, in our industry, especially for me as a when I was a sales guy, is to when an engineer calls me with an application, and you know he's trying to get, let's say, from here, and I'm using my highlighter tool here. Hopefully, you can see it down to here. I could pull out the psych chart and kind of talk through what products, what um, technology, I should say, not products, would be the right fit for this application. So maybe I would take this and run it through a chilled water or DX coil down to here and get to this point, and then maybe I would take this and run it through a desiccant, desiccant type product, which is a um, removal of humidity and heating. I would take it to here and then I would post cool it with a chill water coil or a DX coil. And this is a little more advanced, but I wanted to show you an example of how we use these just on the fly. And in the next presentation, uh, part two, we go through a little more of these in, in detail. So, okay, so moving right along, we've done the properties of air. We've built the chart. We moved around the chart. Now let's use the chart as a common tool of determining air properties. Um, this is a real useful tool. A lot of this, a lot of this stuff too, we're showing is done, you know, on apps on your phone and on your computer. But um, it's nice to know you can plot these on a chart and get the actual data really quick uh, by hand too. So, so if you know two of the air properties, you can find them all. And I'm going to use this um, handheld tool that I took a picture of two days ago at my house, which was just a beautiful 78-ish degrees and 28% RH, which is a good, nice mountain day. Okay, let's take that data, and let's calculate on the psych chart, the wet bulb, the enthalpy, and the dew point. We're gonna look at that here. Okay, so I'm gonna make this screen a little bigger so you can see it a little better. There you go, hopefully you can see that okay. All right, so if we plot what we know, we know two points. We know 75 degrees. Uh, I'm sorry, it was 78 degrees, which is right here. So if I look at my dry bulb temperature of 78 degrees, I go ahead and draw that line in. We saw that it was 27% RH, which is represented by this line right here. And now we could just draw a point and we can shoot off of this and find all the other data on the chart. So if we want the wet bulb, we would draw this line here and go up to this part of the chart here, which looks like 55, 56, 57 and a half. Looks like it lands on that very nicely. And now we know our wet bulb temperature. If we wanted our dew point or our grains, we would draw this line to the right. And we get to right here, which we can point out as 41 degree dew point. So now we have our dew point, which is a beautiful, beautiful day. That's for sure. Um, if we wanted our enthalpy, we would draw this across. And what we would do is line up these two values with our straight edge such that they go through this point, And that gives us the enthalpy, in this case, of 24.7. And I'll kind of zoom in on that to see. 1, two, three, 4.7. OK, so that looks good. OK, so that's an easy way to get all the points um, from two points all the properties of air from just two points. So example number two, this is a good one. So when I was in Florida, a typical design day was 9578. So let's look at that on the psychometric chart and calculate the dew point grains and relative humidity from that. And I'm going to show you a little bit something about relative humidity, which is, which is fairly important. Okay, we know 95 degrees and we know 78 degree wet bulb. So we're going to go ahead and plot those two The intersection of which is our point. And now that we have this point, we can find all of the properties of air from this one point. So we can see that the dew point is 72 by drawing a straight line over to the dew point. The grains, which are located by the dew point, I'll zoom in here. The 120 is kind of covered up, but you can see 110, 130 grains. So 120 grains, which is a very, what I call a very grainy day, very hot and humid day in Florida. Now, one thing, here's what I wanted to point out that's very interesting. So the relative humidity is 47%, okay? So the relative humidity is what we would consider pretty low, but it's a very hot and humid day. So that's kind of one of the things to be careful with with relative humidity. It's not a real good indicator of the amount of moisture in the air when you're trying to control dehumidification equipment or trying to monitor and see exactly where you are on the psychometric chart. It's really difficult to use relative humidity, which is why we we typically use um, dew point. Okay, I'm going to make this screen a little smaller again, come back on here. Okay, so we talked about the properties of air. And thank you all so much for joining us. We're getting here close to the end. Chris is going to have some at the end here for us too. And we'll talk about the next step um, in the psychometric series. So we've done all these, moved around the chart, determined the properties of air. Now we're going to talk about One of my favorite topics, relative humidity versus dew point and why it's important to know the difference between the two. And this is very commonly um, misunderstood in our industry. Uh, So this is a good one to go over a little bit in detail. So which is better to track humidity? Relative humidity or dew point? Well, let's look at the two. So the relative humidity, the value is relative to the dry bulb temperature, as we discussed before in our example with the containers, the dew point increases in value as moisture in the air increases. So maybe that's a better one to look at. Let's take a look. So if you remember, RH is the percent of moisture in the air versus how much it can hold, it's it's relative to the temperature. So if we have this container like we had before at 55 degrees, we heat it up to 75, and we go to 95, we have three containers. Different volumes. What does fifty percent RH look like? Well, we went through this before, and I'll go ahead and number these. So here's what's important to note: they all have the relative humidity value of fifty, but they're vastly different in the amount of moisture in the containers. Okay, so that's super, super important when we're looking at, especially when we're looking at dehumidification sequences and controlling tight tolerances and spaces and things like that. So let's let's use a psychrometric chart to show to show this um, graphically. So if you plot the relative humidity line of 50%, which I just did here, and you take our three dry bulb positions of 55 degrees, 75 degrees, and 95 degrees, you went ahead and numbered these. So these numbers here equate to the numbers here. So they represent where we are in these three um, buckets of air. So if if we then took the dew point, for these points. Let's see what these values show us. So 37 degree dew point down here, 55 in the middle, and 74 up top. So you'll notice that the dew point is a much better indicator of the amount of moisture in there because it tracks with the moisture. So 74 dew point is very high, 37 is pretty low in common applications. And that is why it's better to use the dew point especially as a control point for dehumidification equipment or when you're looking at a space and you're trying to control tight tolerances, dew point is a way better way to do that. So why do we look at relative humidity? Well, it's very inexpensive to actually measure the relative humidity. Dew point sensors are, are a little pricey. So what we do in reality in the field is we measure the relative humidity. Let me put this up here. And we know the dry bulb and we convert that into dew point in the In the program using psychrometrics. So that's how we typically do the dew point and why we do it that way. So in summary, we looked at the properties of air, we built the chart, we moved around the chart, we determined air properties, and we talked about relative humidity versus dew point. So is that all there is to psychrometrics? Is that all I need to know? Um, No. So (laughs) we have a uh, psychrometrics part two um, presentation called Beyond Um, the basics where we talk about air mixing, sensible heat ratios. We do a little constant volume psychrometrics, full and part load analysis. And this is the next one in the series. Yeah. So as we end this podcast, I just want to give a huge shout out to the people that take the time to leave reviews of this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all the other platforms. It just means the world to me that you take that extra 13 to 95 seconds to show your appreciation and also give context to the people of why this is a worthwhile podcast. So I appreciate that so much and hope to catch you on the next one. Thank you very much for listening.